Okay, so we're going through the book of Luke, and I love what Luke says because he, he, he talks about, you know, he, he writes what he's saying, you know, what he wants to say to the people, but he gives like these little hints of people from the Old Testament, what we are calling our ghosts of Christmas past. And so, you know, last week, Kotz talked about um, Abraham and Sarah and Zachariah and Elizabeth. And, and today, you know, when we look at what they're, we're going to talk about Mary. And when you look at this, at the beginning of Luke, we find that Zachariah and Elizabeth are waiting for their child, John, to be born. That Mary is waiting to get married. That there's this remnant of Israel, these, while, while most of Israel have forgotten about God's promises and, and, and you know, they haven't heard from him in, in, in hundreds of years, they've, they've forgotten about God, that there's this small remnant of Israel that's faithful, that they're expectantly waiting to hear from God, that they haven't forgotten, that they're holding on to God's promise. And that this, this remnant of Israel, which includes Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, they have learned how to wait. They've learned to embrace the wait, and that's what we're talking about today. And I will confess that I have very little stamina for waiting. Um, I can't wait at red lights. Like, they drive me crazy. Um, when I heat up my lunch, I can't wait for my food to get warm. And I'm talking about the microwave. <laughs> like, come on, it's been a minute and a half. When is it getting, you know, I don't know what people did before microwaves. Like, I can't wait. If, if I'm talking with someone and they're like, oh, and it was that place. Um, I can't wait for you to think of the answer. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, tell me, explain it to me. What does it look like? What does it rhyme with? Like, tell me, I can't wait. And this is the saddest part. It's because of our culture and my smartphone and and you know, Apple TV, like I can't wait for anything. And so this is the saddest thing because I love In-N-Out burgers. I'm, I love In-N-Out burgers, but I can't wait 30 minutes for my burger. I can't wait in that long line. I'm like, I am getting so bad at waiting. And I would say that most of us are not good at waiting, that most of us have a really hard time embracing the wait. But the remnant of Israel, they've been waiting for the Messiah. I mean, they've been waiting hundreds of years for the Messiah. And as God's told us last week, they have not heard from God. They have not had any revelations. They have not had any, they haven't seen any miracles of God in 400 years. And then, you know, the angel comes to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And then now he comes to Mary. And I love what he says. He says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Like, you know, you haven't heard from God in 400 years. I'm going to be as positive as I can be. But it doesn't matter. Mary is still shaken up, right? She's like perplexed. She's like, what's going on? What's behind this greeting you have? And so Gabriel assures her. He says, do not be afraid. Mary, God has a good surprise for you. Don't be afraid. God has a good surprise for you. Then he goes on to give the most amazing birth announcement ever. Better than like that surprise cake. You cut it open. Is it pink or blue? This is way better, right? The angel comes and he says, Mary, you are going to be pregnant. And you are going to give birth to a son. And his name is going to be Jesus. God is going to name his son Jesus. And back then, right, names were so important. It wasn't like, oh, I like the name Ashley, and I'm going to name her Ashley, and then there's like five Ashleys in the class, right? No. Names describe who you are. 
And, and the Jewish word, the Jewish name for Jesus is Joshua. And when Mary hears that God is going to name his son, Jesus, she immediately goes back to our ghost of Christmas past. And she immediately remembers the story of Joshua, this great leader who took, you know, the people, God's people, into the promised land. And so if you remember in the book of Exodus, you know, God hears the cry of the slaves in Egypt. The Israels are, you know, Israelites are slaves in Egypt. And he hears their cries. They're crying out to him because they're suffering. And so he commissions Moses to go and to take them out of Egypt and to free them from Pharaoh's, you know, oppression and power. And then, you know, he, they cross the Red Sea. But, you know, it's like he doesn't, God is so kind. And in his grace, he doesn't lead them directly into the promised land. Because he knows that it's going to overwhelm them. Exodus 17 um, 17 through 18 says, For God thought if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness. He led them the roundabout way. Because he knew in his grace that they were not going to be able to handle it. In the wilderness, Israel had to wait before entering the promised land. And a lot of the time we think waiting, you know, the roundabout way is such a waste of time. Like it's so inefficient. Like let's get there as fast as we can. Like we've been suffering. Let's just get to the promised land. But God, he's not that much of a rush, right? He's not in a hurry to get there. But he's willing to wait to strengthen their faith. To, to let the Israelites know who he is, that he's faithful, and that he's trustworthy. That you can rely on him. You can trust in him. And so he doesn't wait. He just is, he's not in a hurry. He's much more concerned with preparing us. It's much like um, a mother waiting for her child to be born. Right? She doesn't just wait and do nothing, sit on the couch, watch Netflix, eat potato chips. Right? She, like, eats healthy. She's like, oh, I can't eat this anymore. I got to eat this. I can't drink coffee anymore. I got to drink this, right? She takes her prenatal vitamins. She um, gets a lot of rest. She exercises. She's waiting for her child to be born, but she's actively waiting. She, she looks on the Internet to see what size her child would be. Did you guys see that? When your child is born, it looks like a poppy seed. And then, you know, in a few weeks, it looks like an apple. And then it looks like a banana. And at 40 weeks, it looks like a watermelon. But don't ever tell a woman that she looks like her baby is the size of a watermelon. <laughs> Helpful hint of the day. <laughs> but it's in the waiting, in the wilderness, that God commissions Joshua He commissions Joshua to lead this new generation of Israelites into the promised land. They're ready. And it was Joshua who who was a leader that listened carefully and trusted God. And if you read the book of Joshua, it's amazing what God does and how he brings victory and how they successfully take over the promised land that he promised. That he said, you know, this is where you are going to experience my freedom, where you will no longer be slaves. But it wasn't easy. And when you read it, it sounds, it's horrible. There are some things that the people of Israel had to go through that was, you know, that they had so much death. There was one point when Joshua was like, Lord, why? I wish you wouldn't have us cross Jordan. I wish we could have just stayed. But God said, get up. Don't be afraid. Keep going. 
Keep listening and trusting in me. And so when Mary heard the name Jesus, she remembered the story of Joshua, and she understood that, you know what? Joshua was great. He was a great leader of Israel. But this son of God is going to do so much more than what Joshua did. That this son of God was going to be so much greater than Joshua. And so Mary says um, to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And did you know that your cousin, the one who everyone called barren, is six months pregnant? And so nothing you see is impossible with God. Gabriel delivered God's message. He told her, you know, what this baby was going to be named. He told her what this baby was going to be like. He explained the mystery of how this all was going to happen. And I always wonder, like, what did Gabriel think as he's waiting for her answer, right? That, that all of God's plan to save his people hung on the answer of this young woman. And she says, as we all know, she says, I am the Lord's servant. And may everything you have said come about, come, and may everything you have said about me come true. Mary waits with a sense of promise. She never gives up. And when this angel comes and gives her, you know, God's message, she listens. She listens carefully. She ponders it. She questions, but not in a way of doubt like Zachariah, but she wants to kind of wrap her mind around this mystery. And then she says, okay, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't figure it out, but yes. She doesn't let her fear and her desire for control to get the best of her. Much in the same way, I mean, much in the way that we do, right? Like we would be like, um, this is great. I want to do this, but I wish I could have this baby after I get married to Joseph because it would make my life way easier, right? Or I wish um, I knew the timeline of this God because I know Sarah had to wait a lot of years, but is this going to happen now? Or is it going to happen 100 years later, right? She doesn't say, I wish I knew more about this mystery, right? Or for us, I wish I knew um, when I was going to get a job because my parents keep nagging me <laughs> and a lot of pressure, <laughs> right? Or I wish I, you know, I wish I had a girlfriend, you know, or I wish I had a house, or I wish, God, that you would move a little faster, or I wish my life was a little different. Like, we have all these wishes, and those wishes come from a place of trying to control our life, which really comes from a place of fear, right? And so we have these wishes that we have that, you know, maybe sometimes don't even come true. And we're like, man, I wish, I wish, you know, my spouse would change, but she doesn't change. And and then we get disappointed and we get discouraged. And and then we're like, man, does does God even hear my prayers? And does God even care? And, And is he even real? And does he love me? These wishes kind of get in the way of our faith, of understanding God's love for us and his desire and his promise of hope for us. And we get distracted and we get stuck. 
But waiting is a way, you know, that we, when we feel like we have control and when these desires of control come, that, that comes from our fear, that we, um, we forget that it's because God loves us that he has taken us out of slavery. He wants to, to take that, you know, we're slaves to fear and he wants to take that away and help us to experience his freedom that we only find in him. Mary models for us how to embrace the weight. And we can follow her example and say yes to God. But it's hard. It's easier said than done, right? Can we trust him when waiting is so open-ended? When we don't know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But when we let go of our wishes and our control and our fear, then we can trust God to work it out. Whatever we're going through, whatever struggle, we can trust him to work it out from his love as opposed to working it out from our fear. When we can let go and embrace the weight and trust God to work it out, we can stay in the present And we can listen carefully to him when he speaks to us. And we can trust him. I'm going to show, I don't know, I'm not Italian and I'm probably going to watch this. But this is a picture of Frangelico's Annunciation 1426. And it's in Madrid. And maybe we can go to the close-up picture. Because this is what it looks like. But here's a close-up picture of of, um, Adam and Eve. Um, in the garden, and Gabriel, and Mary. And I thought for this morning, we could just kind of enjoy and reflect on this image that um, Frangelica has provided for us, has given to us as our gift, to help us kind of imagine what Mary's encounter with Gabriel is like, what, what it was like. And what I love about this picture is, um, you know, that he brings in the whole, you know, from Genesis, the whole, you know, Adam and Eve leaving the garden. And I don't know if you can see it, but on the top left corner, you kind of see two hands like this. And, you know, they're the hands of God releasing the Holy Spirit. And and if you see in his glory that ray ray of light in his glory, you see a dove, which represents the Holy Spirit. And and so you see, you know, this just God releasing the Holy Spirit to do this miracle, this mystery that we can't understand. I love Mary's face and her humbleness and how her arms are crossed. I love the blue. And as we remember and and reflect on this image, may we think of God's love, his reckless love for us. That even though many of the Israelites had forgotten and many of us have forgotten God, that he never gives up on us. That he loves us so much. That he, he desires us to, to experience freedom that he has given us. That we can be slaves to our wishes and our desire for control and our fear.
And maybe you have been wishing that your circumstances were different. Maybe you wish that a loved one was different. And I think God is inviting us to embrace the weight, which is an invitation to love, to his love, to understand him and know him more deeply, to love him more intimately. And so as you reflect on this image, may we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to bring maybe some of those wishes to our minds. Those wishes that we've made, those wishes we've been struggling with, those wishes that have kept us stuck. those wishes that keep us wanting to control or feel like that control, those wishes that, that mask the fear that we try to suppress. And if you're willing, imagine God's hands out as he's releasing the Holy Spirit And imagine yourself placing those wishes, that desire for control, that fear that you have. Imagine yourself placing them in his hands. And ask God to be responsible for working whatever that is out. Ask him to to take care of it according to his love and not according to our fear. God is inviting us to, to embrace the weight so that we can experience more of his love and his grace in our lives. And And as we go through this holiday season, and maybe you're going to spend time with your family, (laughs) and you feel yourself wishing, I wish, I wish my dad would listen more, or I wish my mom would stop nagging, or that you can, you can use this practice, that you can kind of take a deep breath and imagine the hands of God and his love, and just inviting you to embrace the weight, inviting you to to give that responsibility and those worries to him and allowing, giving him the permission to take responsibility for working it out because he has good surprises for us. So as we close this session, why don't we stand up and, and we'll pray this prayer together. We'll say it out loud. Okay, let's together. Lord, help us to wait for you to work this out. We've been wishing, trying to control our fear. But help us embrace the weight and lean into your love. Amen.